Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Sporlin HVACR podcast. Let's jump back into refrigeration, and we're going to focus on one valve you may see a lot in particular, and that is an evaporator pressure regulator, or also known as an EPR. Now, an EPR, as its name states, is regulating evaporator pressure. So what it's trying to accomplish is maintain a constant evaporator pressure or the saturation pressure and temperature that your refrigerant inside of your evaporator coils is boiling. And the way EPRs accomplish this is by holding back refrigerant into your evaporator coil to prevent the evaporator pressure from falling below a set point. And why these valves are important are for temperature critical applications like in supermarkets, uh, especially with deli meats, with produce. There is a fine range of temperatures that they can be stored at. The EPR will prevent the cases from getting too low, where you can start to get frost, ice crystals, and damage to the product. EPRs also allow for multi-temperature cases. By changing the set point on an EPR, you can change the temperature that the case operates. EPRs can be used for multi-evaporator systems as well, where you can have different temperature cases, all with the same compressor. The compressor will be designed to operate at the lowest suction pressure, and EPRs would be used on the higher temperature evaporator coils to ensure they maintain their design set temperatures. And with some of our large commercial flow-con valves, we have the ability to run dual temperature, where you would have modulating for one set of products, and you can have full open, where you can run at the lowest suction pressure or a low temp case. Now when installing EPRs, Make sure you're using the proper brazing techniques. You can follow our Bolton 90-21. And when initially setting the set point on the EPR, adjust when the case is lightly loaded or an even empty case to make sure the suction pressure is lower than what you are trying to set. So in summary, EPRs maintain a constant evaporator pressure, and they do this by holding back refrigerant into your evaporator coils. Now, if you need a quick reminder, look to our basic EPR valve. It's called the ORI, or it opens on rise of inlet pressure. Now, thanks again for your time today. If you have any questions, please feel free to leave them on our Facebook page. I will see you in the next episode. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Sporlin HVACR podcast. We've made it to episode 8 and today we're going to cover another very common valve, the solenoid valve. We're going to go over some of the applications you may see these in, how they work, and some installation tips as well. Most commonly, solenoid valves are two-way valves with a plunger that allows full flow or no flow. This plunger is controlled by a solenoid, also known as a solenoid coil. The coil has a series of copper wiring, and as power is applied to the coil, that creates a magnetic field, 
which lifts the plunger. Two common terms you may hear are direct or pilot-operated solenoid valves. A direct-acting solenoid valve means the coil lifts the plunger only with the assistance of the coil itself. A pilot-operated would use some of the system pressure or an external pressure to help lift the plunger, and that's commonly found on larger solenoid valves. Now the first distinction I want to make between direct-acting and pilot-operated solenoid valves is that pilot-operated solenoid valves are directional. They have a specific inlet and outlet, and the valve can open based on a higher pressure coming into the valve than leaving the valve. So if plumbed in reverse, the valve will not open. The second distinction is that these pilot-operated valves must be sized correctly. Without any pressure drop, these valves will not open, and we'll get to sizing in a little bit. And the last distinction is that there are normally open and normally closed solenoid valves. Normally open, meaning as you do not have any power to the coil, the valve is open. Uh, but the most common is normally closed, meaning if there is no power applied to the coil, the valve is closed and there is no refrigerant flow. So an easy way to look at solenoid valves that are two-way is an automatic ball valve. As you apply power, it can either open or close the valve. Now solenoid valves are very versatile and they can be used in HVAC, in refrigeration, and in every section of a refrigeration cycle. You may see them in a liquid line for a pump down application. This would be used to prevent refrigerant flow into your evaporator in an off cycle. You can commonly tie this into a thermostat such that as the thermostat reaches its set point, the valve will close, preventing any refrigerant from entering your evaporator coil. And as the suction pressure starts to fall, the system will cut off on low suction pressure. Solenoid valves can be found in the suction line as a suction stop to allow for hot gas discharge. And lastly, in the discharge line to allow hot gas to flow for hot gas bypass or for hot gas defrost. And because of the robustness of Sporland's standard solenoid coils, there's no need for a high temperature coil. Standard, they are rated up to 240 degrees Fahrenheit. One solenoid valve I want to bring up before we get into sizing are our internal check valve solenoid valves, meaning these solenoid valves do have a built-in check to allow for reverse flow or biflow. These can be found in HVAC and heat pump applications with two TEVs, so this allows biflow for each. These can also be found in refrigeration. Normally, the solenoid valve would act as a pump-down solenoid valve, but in hot gas defrost, the check valve will allow the refrigerant to flow back into the liquid header. Now lastly, let's talk about sizing and selection. Just like sizing any other valves inside your refrigeration system, you need to know a couple things. Firstly, what is our refrigerant? Second is going to be the capacity, the tonnage or the BTU that you require to flow through the solenoid valve. Since these valves are electrical, 
you need to know the electrical specs, what's your voltage, and to also keep in mind the pressure drop associated with this valve. Now, especially sizing solenoid valves for the suction line, you want to make sure you have as little pressure drop as possible. Typically, this is 2 PSI or less. Sporlin solenoid valves are designed to operate down to one pound of pressure drop, so very little pressure drop, especially for suction line applications. One of the most common issues we see with solenoid valves are missized solenoid valves. And this stems from a tech coming into a wholesaler and ordering a solenoid valve based solely on the connection sizes, the inlet and outlet port size. But because most solenoid valves operate off of a pressure differential from inlet to outlet, if a valve is oversized, there is no pressure drop, meaning the valve will not be able to open or close if it's a normally open valve. Now, for example, if you were looking for a half inch inlet by half inch outlet solenoid valve, we have three different sizes. And the capacities range from 5 tons all the way up to 11 tons. So even though you may be looking for a 5 ton valve, because you just asked for a half by half solenoid valve, you may end up with an 11 ton valve and the valve won't function. And vice versa, you may come in looking for an 11 ton valve, you may get a 5 ton valve, and now you may be starving a system or you may be creating too much pressure drop for your compressor to handle. So for all of our sizing, you can refer to our bulletin 30-10. Look for the refrigerant you're using, the section of the refrigeration cycle, whether it's a liquid solenoid valve, a suction, or discharge, and ensure that the valve's capacity at a one pound pressure drop is not greater than your system capacity or again, the valve will not function correctly. And lastly, check your electrical specs. And that sums up solenoid valves. Again, if you have any questions, visit our Facebook page. You can just search Sporlin or Parker Sporlin. And if you have any questions, leave them in the comments. Thank you again. Have a great day.